Welcome to episode 13 of Be Still and Know, a devotional podcast for a New Covenant Lutheran Church. I'm Clary Dees, and I am excited that you are listening today. Perhaps this is your first week, or maybe you've been listening all along. Either way, I hope that through the devotionals in the book, you can hear and feel God moving in your life. This week was a vacation week for me. We traveled to see family and celebrate our nephew's high school graduation. We had some wonderful time visiting with family, relaxing, and doing some of the fun tourist things that Tacoma, Washington has to offer. We went to the zoo, took a ferry, and spent some time exploring, and even rented a Surrey. And yes, it had a fringe on top. The great thing about reading and listening to God is that you can do it from anywhere. Reading this devotional and writing the podcast episodes has really helped me to create some better consistency with my devotion time each day, and I am so thankful for that. You will notice, though, that the insights this week don't go quite as deep as my typical podcast. I can only multitask so much. On Monday this past week, we read about how it's not always easy to feel like others understand us or really know what we're going through because they're not in our specific situation. We were then reminded about how Jesus was here on earth as a human, not as a God among us, but as a man. He could feel pain and hunger and sadness and frustration. So if there's anyone that we should be able to turn to with our problems, it's Jesus. He can truly understand what we're going through in those times because he experienced it. In Philippians 4, 6, we're told, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. We can also turn to scripture and see some specific examples of how Jesus experienced the things that humans experience. In John 2, we read about when Jesus went to Jerusalem in preparation for Passover and saw merchants selling things in the temple area. In that moment, he experienced frustration. And in verses 15 and 16, we read that Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and cattle, scattered the money changers coined all over the floor, and turned over their tables. Then, going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Another example of a time Jesus felt a real-life emotion that we feel now is displayed in John chapter 6 when Jesus is having to try and convince some of the disciples of the truth and they don't believe him and completely reject him. In verse 66 we read, At this point many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. We can, of course, see other places in Scripture where Jesus experienced the things that humans struggle with. My point here isn't to give all those examples, but to remind us that he understands, that we can go to him with our issues because he's been there and he's experienced it too. On Tuesday this week, the devotional was called Jailhouse Rock, and we read about the time that Paul and Silas were imprisoned for their faith. At a time when many would have decided to keep quiet for fear of further punishment, they worshipped and prayed. They not only kept their faith in a time of serious stress and worry, 
They also shared it with those around them because that's what they had been told to do. As I'm sure you know, Acts 16 verses 16 through 40 is where we can read this story. The most amazing piece for me is verses 25 and 26 that say, Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains off of every prisoner fell off. They had been imprisoned and were facing an uncertain future, but what they were sure of was God, and how he was still with them, even in prison. The other piece in this text that I want to highlight is the sentence that says, All the other prisoners were listening. It doesn't say who they were, if they were Jews or Gentiles or something else. It just says they were listening. And then it says that all the doors were opened and all the chains came off. Not just Paul and Silas, but all the prisoners. While the text does not outline this, I believe that in that prison, while they were worshipping and praying, the other prisoners heard and felt the Holy Spirit too, and maybe that's why their chains came off in addition to Paul and Silas. The devotional also asked a question on Tuesday. It said, Who are prisoners around us that need to be set free? I thought a lot about this question in my devotional time this week because I know that there are people in my life who don't know Jesus and are trapped by their own disbelief or fear or whatever else is holding them back from taking that leap. And as I thought about those people, I started to feel an immense pressure and a need to do something to get them to see the light. But then I was reminded, I am already doing what Jesus told us to do and living a life that is shaped by his teachings. A life that these people, or prisoners, are a part of and can see with their own two eyes. All I, and all of us, need to do is keep living a Jesus-shaped life and showing that joy, peace, hope, and light to all of those around us. As a reminder from Scripture, Matthew 7, verses 16 through 20 tell us, You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, Just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. These people around us who are prisoners and not yet awake in their faith can identify us and identify the good works of Jesus just by being a part of our lives. Wednesday this week was about punishment quite fitting after Tuesday's message about Paul and Silas being in jail. The message in the devotional talked about punishment for crimes. In our context, I believe we can read crimes as sin. So that said, in this context, we should all be deserving of punishment at some level. But Jesus changed all that. 
we were all forgiven and pardoned by Jesus. I say we should take it in and see the joy in that incredible gift. We're forgiven, we're free, and we're loved. Forgiveness is a funny thing. We're all given it freely by Jesus, and yet so many of us are so reluctant to show that forgiveness to others. This one strikes a bit of a chord for me. There are people close to me who choose not to forgive this person or that person, and I can see the weight and the stress that they carry around because of it. All it takes is someone mentioning this person that they haven't forgiven, and their stress level is through the roof. Yes, people will do things that are worthy of punishment, and I believe that punishments should be taken, whether we're eternally forgiven by Christ or not. But I also think that when the time has been served or a punishment has been carried out, that we should show people forgiveness like Christ shows us. Not only for the person we're forgiving, but for ourselves too, so that we're not carrying around that weight either. I pray that you are quick to forgive and that you try to do it in a Jesus-like way. If we look to scripture, a great verse to remind us about our own role in forgiveness is Colossians 3 verse 13, which says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Holding grudges and not forgiving people is a very good way to miss the very thing that we were reminded of on Thursday this week. The devotional was titled Measured Days and talked about how our lives are so short that we need to absorb all the good in every day and never miss an opportunity because we're eventually going to run out of them. Continuing to choose to carry around the weight of holding a grudge and the stress of not forgiving people means that we can miss out on a lot. I had a great opportunity this past week to really soak in some wonderful time with family. And you can bet that I soaked up every single second, even the stressful ones, because all of those moments are precious, and once they're gone, they're gone. This week in Washington, we attended our nephew's surprise graduation party and then spent a few days with the family. There were 16 of us in total, and trust me when I say that corralling and organizing a group that size can be stressful. And sure, there were a few stressful moments, but through it all, I remained in the mindset that the devotional talked about on Thursday. Life is short, and we must appreciate all that we have. A beautiful passage that I was led to on Thursday was from 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. And it says, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I love the message in this. So straightforward and on point for this devotional message. Life is short. Keep a joyful and prayerful heart. Enjoy every moment. Our family certainly did that this past week. Friday and Saturday this week were like one longer devotional message for me. So I'm going to talk about them both together. Friday was focused on worry and Saturday on disappointment, both with the overarching point that God takes care of us, so we don't need to worry. 
and that because he takes care of us, we'll never be disappointed by him. Being worried and preparing myself for disappointment are two of the biggest flaws that I have. Of course, there are many others too, but luckily for me, they're not relevant in this moment, so we'll stick to these two. I think I've inherited worrying. I actually think that it's in my DNA because if I don't control it, which I've learned to over the years, but if I don't, it can get overwhelming. A verse that I marinated on some this week with this focus on worry was from Isaiah 41. And it's the 10th verse that says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. As God has told us over and over in the Bible, when we surrender to him, we give him all of our worries and cares. The other thing we're told is that nothing that we're worrying about in our life here on earth will be significant in our eternal life with Christ. As I mentioned just now, I also have a problem with disappointment. I worry about everything and even plan for how things might go wrong so that if they do, I'm not disappointed. I am one of those people who needs a daily reminder that our life with Christ is disappointment-free. He will never let us down, never leave us hanging, and never, ever disappoint us. Another verse from Isaiah is in chapter 40, verses 28 through 31, which say, Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. He is always there for us, now and forever. We have no need to fear disappointment or worry about what's in store for us because, as I've said many, many times, God's got our back. Lastly, this week we read on Sunday about being guided and how God promised he would guide all his children, even when we've lost our way. He will always make sure that we're able to get on the right track. I heard a pretty cool sermon on Sunday too, and part of the preacher's message was about our past, and if we look at where we've been and how we've grown from our past experiences, we can see where God has put us back on track. I loved that the sermon I heard on Sunday was so in line with the devotional text. When we look to scripture for how God has promised to guide us, I like the message in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9 that say, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. God wants all of us to be in step with him. 
but he also knows that sometimes we'll fall out of step. There are times when it's easy for us to fall back in step with him, but there'll be other times when we need a little more help. In this context, I think that the scripture I shared from 1 Peter shows that sometimes it takes God a bit longer to help us get back in sync with him, and that's intentional. He knows what we need to experience, he knows what we need to go through, and he knows the journey that we need to take in order to get to where he needs us to be. Our role in that is to be open to the path that he wants us to take, even if this isn't the easy path. I hope and pray this week that you have had your cup filled in the same way that mine has been filled this past week. I pray that you can show the prisoners in your life how they can be set free, that you rid yourself from worry, and that you allow God to guide you in his way and in his time. Amen.